Welcome back, everybody, to the number one sports podcast to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to the Donald. And Donald podcast. Absolutely. Double off script, baby. Barber Shop Sports. That's what we do. Giving you a brand new, fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world today. Come on, take a seat. Let's chop it up. <laughs> yeah. Listen, man, we have a great show today for you. We got them number one South Carolina girls. Women's basketball taking on North Carolina. Angel Reese makes her return to the court. We got that ACC, SEC, Men's Basketball Challenge, and the NBA Update. Sit back and wait. <laughs> hey, D, let's pop it off right here, baby. Okay. Uh, North Carolina against South Carolina. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Off the rip. This game was closer than anybody expect- expected it to be. Talk to me, baby. I mean, they did exactly what we asked them to do last episode. Just come out and compete. Um, as we know, talent-wise, they are the better team. Um, it's not too much I can say, except it shows that we need just a little bit more. Deja Kelly and us to be sold up. They did what they could. It's just we didn't have the firepower to match. And it, they didn't even get it from their usual suspects. Like, Cardoso only had six, but she did punch in 16 rebounds. Right. Um, for a while, he only played three minutes. Um, Was she hurt? I'm not sure exactly what happened, mm-hmm. but yeah. So then he had what Payo Payo 14, and then 14. he Hall 15, and then Kits gave him a, a, a 11. And that just shows they're a deep team to where it's not gonna be their top guys every night. Right, they can get it done in multiple different ways, and we just needed a little bit of extra on top from somebody other than Kaylee and Utsby. Mm-hmm. Um, we just didn't get it that night. And and when, when I look at this game, one thing that I think about is I think we need a little bit more. Um, I'm not sure if she's a freshman or not, but we need a little bit more production out of our center, man. When Gatding only had eight points but had ten reps, ten rebounds, okay, we good with that. But we always see, and McPherson need to do better, man, three points. And I don't know if they got anything out of their bench. No. Now, so you remember I, I was talking about this. I was talking about this. I was like, when it comes to UNC, they are up and coming. I, like you say, I like when you say they don't have like the blue chip, you know, recruits or whatever. But uh, it's going to have to be more than Kelly and Usby, man, because I think a lot of them right now, it, they you know, they got three losses on the season. They're standing around watching them play. You know, players get tired. The rotation itself and everything. It, I think it may be an adjustment situation, man, that we're going to have to look at like real quick if we yeah. really want to make some noise. It just, I think we just don't have that depth. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have somebody to go to off the bench right now. Because mm-hmm. if you look at it, most players, most minutes that we got from somebody off the bench was probably in a pairs, and that was 12 minutes. Right. And I think they know their situation. And with us being, com- we were competing in the game. We were, right. We were in it. So I guess we just tried to run with, but like Donarski, like you said, Gok didn't got to have more shots, but Donarski fell in love with the three early on. Um, and looked like played pretty much the whole game. Yeah, she didn't come out. Mm-hmm. So it's just we got to figure it out. It's something that you got to find out in practice. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be that person who can step up in games like this? Because you need somebody to. Yeah, a- yeah, absolutely. I agree with you hundred percent, man. And then when we look at, at South Carolina, like you said, they they did it without their best player, you know, which is their center Cardosa. Uh, didn't have a really really good game, but was eating up the boys just like what you said. But uh, it was a situation where other players came in and was able to win short. You know, man, they, the first three games of the season they put up a hundred points. Yeah. Okay, well, I North Carolina say not today. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. They was they was playing defense, and it was a chippy game. Watching it, they were going back and forth, getting in each other's faces. Um, it was a good game. Like I said, I'm just proud of the effort that they went out there. They didn't lay down. You knew you were going up against a better team. You didn't lay down. You you went out there. You went down with a fight. So it was very impressive, wasn't it? But you got to bounce back. This is a three game skid that they're on right now. Mm-hmm. One of those games coming to Florida Gulf Coast. So it's just. You got to hope they can turn it around. Yeah, and I think that they will, and I still think that they're going to have a great season. Uh, UNC has UNCG up next, so hopefully that'll be a patty cake, patty cake. Uh, but South Carolina got Duke. So you you know Carol Lawson is going to be in up to say who say what. Yeah, so you're going to have them ready to compete. Mm-hmm. Just be on the lookout again. I think it'll be one of those 
closer games just like it was with this UNC team. Mm-hmm. Just coaching goes a long way, and Loss is one of those great coaches. Right, and I don't know whether or not that game is in a uh, camera indoor stadium or not, but it's a, it's a very hostile place to try to play uh, a basketball, and if you're not used to those rims, you bound to Drazam. Yeah. <laughs> it will be in camera. Right. Okay, but big ups to South Carolina. they still undefeated, and Don Staley got that team rolling. Listen, next up, Angel Reese makes her return to the court. Now, this game right here had a little bit more distance in it, okay? LSU played Virginia Tech. Like we said, it was a Final Four rematch, okay? And uh, LSU uh, came out of this thing 82-64. Right now, just give me your your thoughts about uh, Angel Reese and, you know, kind of like just her her being back, man. Just the morale of the team, uh, what she was able to do on the court with uh, 19 points in 30 minutes. That's a lot if you ain't played in about three or four games. Uh, it just they, it changes what they can do. Um, she had nineteen and nine, um, and she wasn't as aggressive as it came to like putting up shots. She did get ten, shot fifty percent from the floor, um, but it just shows what it makes them different. It makes them that much better with the play of Elisa Morrow getting better, and um, now you got Michaela Williams who's averaging about seventeen point eighteen points a game, pretty much. Uh, Next to a Flage who can give you the same amount of production any given night. They're still a deep team. Haley Van Leaf still hasn't gotten into her rhythm yet. Right. So it still just shows they're a scary team with even more improvement to go. Because Angel Reese is just now coming back. There's no telling how much better she'll look once she gets back in basketball shape. And once they, you know, it's still a long season. The chemistry is only going to get better from here. I think they're going to be a force to be working with again this year. Exactly. They only had one loss on the season, and I think that might have been opening night uh, against what was that against Colorado. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Poole's still not with them, so that, that I don't know. That's about a 15, 20-point uh, production each game. Uh, but here's one thing about it. Uh, we riding high on LSU right now, and they are start, starting to play ranked teams. This is a 7-9 matchup, but I'm telling you, though, you know, with Angel Reese and Fly J and, and, and a couple of them, they're going to have to really kind of like step up a little bit. I just see this team running out of gas, man. I just do, you know, because I don't know – if they can get their roster all the way tight like they need to get it, man. But you running seven, eight players, maybe you pushing nine a night. I don't know if that's going to do it over, you know, junk, you remember junk defenses and in college basketball and how that worked when a person throw a junk defense at you that you ain't never seen and then you end up uh, losing it in the final four. I just kind of see this happening in the LSU, baby. I mean, I like I said, I still don't know just because of the talent that they've been able to commute, like, the commutative talent that they have on the team, on that roster, I just think they'll be able to compete with anybody. And then what they're able to do is dominate the boards with having two people down there now. Like, that's that Elisa Morrow transfer is a big transfer for them. And then getting in with Kayla Williams. And like you said, Flage. And I still got faith in Haley Van Leaf get, figuring it out on this team. Um, talent-wise, they are, I do see them up there with in South Carolina mm-hmm. as far as just – talent that they can put out there on the floor. Now, they might South Carolina might be a little deeper just because of their freshman class that they brought in. But I, talent-wise, I still think LSU is right there neck and neck with that team, and that's saying something. Absolutely, because I see a, a Cardosa uh, and a uh, Angel Reese matchup, and that's going to be banging bodies, baby. You know, do you think it's going to be a repeat? Or, or, or it wasn't even a repeat because LSU played Iowa for the championship. So um, I do see – I don't. I just don't see South Carolina slowing down, baby. Yeah, no. Nah. So I do see them in the Final Four again. I know it's early in the season, man, but I see LSU. I take and I see South Carolina. I see logo Caitlin Clark. I see Stanford, you know, I just see a lot a lot of good names, man, and I think it might be one versus two, three versus four matchups, man. How you feel? Uh, I don't know, because I think it's a lot of teams out there, like that UCLA team that people just, it's floating up under the radar. And I don't know how, because they're number two in the nation. Just up under, because they don't have those names that's been in the media all for the last couple years that we've gotten accustomed to. Uh... The way I feel about Juju Watkins out there at USC. Absolutely. got them balling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's teams like that. And then we can't forget about the teams like a Virginia Tech, who they just ran up against a high LSG. You you run into some of these teams on any given night, they do have the talent to knock you off. Mm-hmm. Um, UConn, who you 
when Paige Becker's man, she oh, she's back great. to herself coming off of that injury last year. There's no telling what they'll be able to do when it comes to the end of the season. Um, right now, the favorites would be South Carolina, LSU, I think UCLA and Stanford. Yeah. Just because of UCLA has just that full team, and then they also have another phenomenal freshman in Kiki Rice. Um, it's going to be great, though, ain't yeah, it? Yeah, it's going to be an amazing season to watch. It's going to be something to keep up with. <laughs> yeah, you're you right on that. Now, check this out. Uh, we got a little bit more ACC, SEC type situation. Uh, we had uh, uh, Florida State play Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas pulled this one out, man, with 71-58. Uh, Arkansas right now, man, only has one loss on the season, but I don't, I don't even think they're ranked right now. No, not right now. Yeah, so uh, when when you look at it and everything, Spencer gave him 15, Daniels gave him uh, 10, and uh, the guard Scott gave him 24 for Arkansas. A lot of names that you may not heard a whole lot about, uh, but they seem to have taken, uh, got it done because uh, Florida State, they're not no pushover. Yeah, no, nah, I think they went into that game ranked number 15 on the season. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, they're one of those teams that you just got to keep an eye out for. They do have UCLA coming up next, mm-hmm. Arkansas does. So if they can keep this momentum up, Get them a nice win like this against a UCLA team. Um, But even still, that's a nice measuring stick to see where you guys see yourselves going for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. Where If you can compete with one of those upper echelon type teams. Um, But like I said, there is some of those teams out there that didn't get the early recognition early on because they didn't have such a great offseason. Or, you know, didn't end the season well last year or didn't have the greatest of seasons last year. Who are coming in this year? It's a whole new look, whole new face. So, hey, I think right now, man, honestly, like you said, man, women's college basketball. This is a, a do not miss season, baby. Now we was talking about a second ago, and here we go. A uh, uh, girl, Cameron Brink, baby from Stanford, man, got that double D surprise. Uh, gave us a double double. 25 points with 12 rebounds, making it do exactly what it do. They played San Diego State, and uh, Stanford is undefeated right now, okay? They're looking real good, and I just don't see my girl Brink slowing down at all. She's just efficient. Uh, that 25 came on 10 for 15 shooting, even uh, knocked in a three from downtown. <laughs> She's averaging 20 and 12 on the season, so this isn't nothing new. Um, this is pretty much what she gives you, and then they're a type team that just throws out bodies. Who I don't, that they don't get tired. They're able to keep fresh legs on the floor, keep throwing out bodies. They're they're one of those teams in the tournament you got to watch out for. Mm. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that, and I couldn't agree with you more, man. And the thing about it is, I guess what I kind of love, I love a, a, a play from from, from a, a big person in a sense of down there low. Uh, up under the basket and can shoot free throws. You have got to pay him attention constantly. A blocking machine. You know what I mean? A windshield washer. <laughs> I mean, that's my girl Cameron Brink, baby. You know? Hey, listen, I call her the baby giraffe, but it's all in love. I love to see her just gallop up and down the court and just say, this is what's going to happen, and I'm going to take over this game right now. Yeah, she can't do it on both sides of the floor. Yeah. Take the rim, grab bull. And like I said, she's an efficient scorer at putting up that 20 a game. Um, a player you love to have on your team, one you hate to go up against. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. And listen, so check this out. Now. You know you know how much we love a girl, uh, logo Caitlin Clark. Now, they went up against Bowling Green today, baby. They was one point away. One point away from 100, man. They put it, they won this game 99 to 65 against Bowling Green. I would just only have one loss on the season, okay? And so when you look at that and you look at those numbers, uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about 24 points, 32 minutes, 11 assists. So listen, she was not only shooting the ball well, that's logo, but she was also distributing this. Also, how you feel? Um, I, it's, it's still a hard push. Just like how you felt about LSU, I feel about Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way they play is it's pretty much Caitlin Clark. Uh, y'all spot up. Let me get y'all the ball, things like that. She's the only one who took double-digit shots on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, was two for 11 from three. So, I think, yeah, great game from everybody else. Um, the the bitch kept them out, man. Arbor I like Taylor the bitch. Came in for seven for seven, gave you 14. O'Grady gave you 10 off the bench. Um, Martin, seven for nine, 17. 
It's just how consistent can these other players around Caitlin Clark be? Because we know what she's going to be able to do. She's going to take her shots, um, things like that. With If she has a game like this again where she's 2 for 11 and nobody else gets going, that's the problem that I see with this team. Absolutely. And I do think, like what we was discussing, the the, the bench, even the starters, are starting to recognize and, and understand we have to play ball too. Okay, and you have to do it on both ends of the court because the most consistent thing on that team is Caitlin Clark, and she's doing a great job. She'll shoot her arm off every night. She'll do any and everything that she has to do. So, like you said, if they continue to make that run and do the things they need to do, get a little bit more uh, point production from those other four starters and, and a little bit of uh, bench production, we will see them in the NCAA tournament, it's man. It's just like things like this, like they did good. Just make the shots when they're available to you. Right. Just their figure, 5 for 8, 2 for 3, 2 for 4, 7 for 9, 3 for 3, 2 for 3, 4 for 5, 7 for 7. Those are the type of games you're going to need around Caitlin Clark because both of the opportunities do go to her. Mm-hmm. So when you do get them, it's just that stay ready attitude. Right, right. Yeah, I have to agree with you 100%. Hey, listen, how about this right here, baby? Let's talk about this for a second. Uh, we got that ACC, SEC men's basketball, too. Let's not forget about what's happening, okay? Now, you you took, you did have uh, Notre Dame, all right, and then you had Miami. Uh, Miami is number, ranked number eight. Uh, they, had, they beat Notre Dame 62-49. Uh, uh, listen, Notre Dame had 26 points. Uh, off off the bench by itself, which means it's kind of deep on that side. But I don't think they starters done nothing. So <laughs> I don't know what you think about number eight Miami, man. Uh, Miami's one of those under the radar type teams that you you gotta watch. They have they're they're vet heavy. They don't have the incoming uh, true blood freshmen on their team. Mm-hmm. I think they're led by mostly juniors and seniors. Um, and that's we talked about it and. Um, College basketball, that's what you want, really. You want the team to be. This was kind of an interesting game, though, man, because the thing about it is, like I said, it was 26 points off the bench for Notre Dame. And, they, listen, they're starting five. They're starting five, scored 12 points. So they're not the best team out there or whatever, but, you know, it is an SEC, you know what I'm saying, ACC matchup and everything. But, hey, Miami, don't only, they rank number eighth and only have one loss on the season. Yeah. So when you think about Notre Dame, you just think about more point production when it comes to that, man. You you, you just want a little bit more out of and it. I'm not sure what their basketball team looks like right now, honestly. But, yeah, if, if you said 12 points from their start lineup, that's not ideal at all. <laughs> exactly. Listen, so talk to me, talk to me about that uh, number 17 matchup. Uh, uh, North Carolina, them Tar Heels against Florida State. Now, I know you, take, you knew about that one and everything, and, and them your boys – and everything that's happening with that, did they do what they needed to do when it came to that? Do you feel good about about that game? Um, just watching the game, uh, like I, we were talking about it earlier on the way here. Um, North Carolina like, seventy eight uh, and Florida State seventy. I like the fight that they showed because they got down uh, thirteen in in the second half. Um, a lot of teams get down thirteen in that situation and they lie down. It's mm-hmm. hard for them to fight back. Um, but it just shows the leadership that we have on this team. Like we like I said about Miami, we're a vet heavy team with Elliot Cado, um and Zayden Howard really being our only two young people getting playing time. Mm-hmm. So we this is the games that's gonna um help us in the long run. Right. Like getting down, being able to fight back. Um and it was a rough game, really, from everybody. The only person who had a good game was RJ, who gave us 27. Mm-hmm. Um, Baycock gave us 13 and 13. And then Harrison Ingram gave us 11, but it was on a bad shooting night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, I'm proud of them. I like what I'm seeing from them early on in the season. Uh, I just want to see, consi- just keep it being consistent. Yeah, and that makes sense. It don't look to me like when it comes to Florida State, uh, uh, four out of five of their starters were in double digits, but it, it looked like it was evenly distributed. Watkins, 17, Green, 12, Miller, 12, Green Jr., 12, and then their last starter had four points. And so it don't look to me like like like, like they let one uh, a particular player get off. Yeah, not this game. Mm-hmm. They decided to keep somebody up under 20. 
Exactly. So I mean, I and so I, I feel good about it, man. What? What? Just tell me. What? What do you feel? What do you feel like North Carolina going? I know you say you need to see some more consistency and everything that's going on, but right now, man, North Carolina is looking pretty good. They only have one loss on the season. Yeah, I think we're one of the better teams in the nation this year. Um, I see us, in my opinion, elite eight at least this year. I mm. think it's it's a a reasonable expectation to have for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Hey, well, I love it. You know what I'm saying? In fact, if you like it, you know I love it. Okay, then you had another matchup, okay? Now, here we go. It, it was close again, but you had Georgia Tech play Duke, number seven Duke. Georgia Tech pulled this off, man, 72-68. Now, uh, Duke did not get an 80-point uh, game posted up against them, but it was close. It, it was only eight points off of 72, but they lost this one. And when you think about Duke, you think about basketball, especially uh, college basketball, Duke is sitting at five and three. They couldn't pull it off. And I think this may be back-to-back L's. Yeah. Uh, back-to-back L's to unranked teams to start the season off is not ideal. But like I said, they just have struggle. They just have troubles putting the ball in the basket. And that's not as problem you want to have when next year that's the main objective of the sports you're playing. Well, what's what's going on, man? What do you think the Duke has to do, man? I mean, is they just trying to get used to the new coaching or what's going on? Because this is something that you just don't see. Uh, and that, I don't I don't know. I don't want to say coaching because last year they went on a pretty nice run at the end of the season, winning that ACC tournament, making that little push in, um, making that push in March Madness. It's just with the revolving door of keep bringing in top recruits every year uh, not having or pushing out one and dones every year things like that it's hard to build continuity and then when the pressure comes when you're shooting three for ten one for four four for nine everybody's struggling to get into the flow of the offense and your vet point guard Tyrese Practor only plays a minute it looks like he went down with an injury mm-hmm. it's hard to come out of that when you're when the offense is playing slow who's the guy that you know can give you that spark. I don't think they have that this year. Right. So okay. when they get down, it's tough for them to bounce back into it. Or when another team goes on a run, it's hard for them to counterpunch. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense, man. Uh, I take You just know when you take in, when you see Duke and they're on your schedule, you want to win that game. I don't care. We really don't give North Carolina any excuses. We don't give Duke any excuses. We don't give Kansas any excuses. Uh, we don't give Kentucky any excuses like that. Uh, even UConn, and we can go on. But when it comes to those names and it comes to men's college basketball, you want to win it. I, you know, I don't care. You know, it's no excuse for them and everything. You know, because that's just the way we made that sport become. So that, that, that listen, whenever you come into their house or they come into yours, uh, that's one you want to walk away with. So uh, maybe they'll get it together sooner than later. Yeah, and that's that's what you gotta expect from a team like them. Um and like I said, John Shire showed it last year that he had them playing their best basketball at the right time. Mm-hmm. So uh you would you would hope he could do it again and I don't see why he wouldn't. They do have the talent. Like don't get that that's not a problem with the team. It's just getting the production night in and night out from these guys. Absolutely. And just for tips, uh, you take we got uh, number uh, three Marquette playing Wisconsin in action, and then uh, number two Arizona is playing Colgate. So it's going to be you know a, a wonderful, another great type situation when it comes to men's basketball, women's basketball, college basketball. Period. You know what time it is for though, right? <laughs> NBA update, baby. Let's run these games down, and I need you to tell me how you feel about it, okay? Well, because uh, listen, some some teams lost, some teams won. <laughs> All right, we're gonna start off with this Blazers uh, Cavaliers game, okay? Now the Blazers, we do know, is struggling just a little bit. Uh, they're six and twelve, six games uh, below five hundred. Okay, but they did win this game one hundred three ninety five against a Cavalier team that's one game above uh, five hundred at ten and nine. But man, it looked to me like Scoot Henderson had two points in twenty two minutes. Just let's break it down, man. What's going on there, bro? Oh, I don't. I. I... I don't know what's going on with Scoot. Like I said, the only thing I can think of is he's just not used to the style of play in the NBA. He's not used to not being able to get to his to what he wants so easily. 
now he's having to work for it and things like that. It just hasn't came together for him yet. And it doesn't help that he's on a struggling team, like where he he is expected to step up and carry a lot of that load. Um, and it just hasn't worked. It just hasn't worked out. But you, but, I, but you know he was a first-round draft pick, and I guess the reason why I'm kind of bringing it to the forefront is because you expect more out of that out of your first-round draft pick, man. You know, you, you, you got tape. They're going to be looking at you. Uh, Sharp helped him out with 29. Bogdan helped him out with 11. Thalbo helped him out with 10. Uh, uh, Grant helped him out with 13 and everything. But you do not expect this kind of production out of your number one draft pick. You know what I mean? Then you told me the other day that they might have dropped him down to the G League or yeah, whatever. I've seen a couple things. Like, he went down to the G League for a game. Now he's coming off the bench. Uh, he's wearing goggles now. He's trying a lot of different things to try and just get the LASIK. Something got to work. Just, I don't. I don't know what it is. Did he get poked in the eye? I ain't never heard about it. Just get the LASIK. I mean, if you can't see the basket, bro, it's okay. You know what I mean? Uh, go go out there like Horace Grant if you need to. But we need that. Listen, I'm gonna tell you off the gate. The Trailblazers, the Portland Trailblazers need Scoot Henderson to be the best. He need to be the man child of the nickname that he caught coming in here and everything because of the shoes that he has to feel. Do you still feel like it's just pressure, man? Is it just pressure? Uh, I'm, I know it's pressure. He understands what the pressure is of having to replace a Damian Lillard. He knew that coming in. Um, like I said, I just think it's he's, he's having to change his game in ways that he's not used to or try to get his in ways that he's not used to. And it's a learning progress. I mean, he's he hasn't even played 20 games in the league yet, so it's still room for him to figure it out. It's just a bad start for your number three overall pick. Right, absolutely. Uh, let's look at those Cavaliers for a second, though, man. Spider-Man, he had 23. Uh, Mitchell, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then Garland, he had a little bit of a slow night, man, with 15 points. But old school Allen, he had 20. Mobley had 20. So uh, it, it seemed like they was actually, you know, clicking uh, on this game and, and making that happen. They, did, they didn't win this game, but I guess it's just a – it's just fortunate that the Trailblazers did win this game with Scoot Henderson uh, playing so poorly. Uh, they got some, like, the rest of the guys played well, like Shannon Sharp. Uh, and then it was just a cumulative effort. Like, they had five other guys in double digits around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that's, just all it, that's just all it was. Um, they got outproduced as a team, the Cavaliers did. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I feel you on that. You, you right about that. So uh, let's move to the next one, baby, because we got some more to chop up doing to do. All right, the Knicks, uh, they beat the, the Pistons. I mean, you kind of know, you know, what this game uh, should be about and everything. Uh, the Knicks are 11-7, and seven, and the Pistons, they're just not uh, very good right now when it comes to that. But when I look at it, I see that, uh, 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 listen, Randall got off this night, man, with a double-double with 29 points and 10 rebounds. But, man, do you see what Jalen Brunson did? Yeah. 42 points. 40 minutes. That's 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 a little bit over a point a minute. But it seemed to me like if Brunson ain't rolling, <laughs> neither is the Knicks. Because quickly, what you would think more out of that only gave him five. Yeah. Um. It's just a weird – I think quickly is in a weird spot on this team. Explain that to me. Uh, Just because they're trying to get RJ going as that second – ball handler on this team and then with the emergence of Quentin Grimes who I knew coming into this season was going to get him more get more of that low at that shooting guard as long as as well as them bringing in Josh Hart and Dante DiVincenzo so it's a learning curve for him because um, he was in a world where he had the ball in his hands a lot more the past couple seasons uh, that's what he came into the league being used to now he's having to get it more off the ball and things like that so it, um, I'm not surprised at what's going on with Quickly. Uh, you do expect more from him, but I understand what the struggle is. And Jalen, like I said all the time, Jalen Brunson uh, should be the motor behind this team. He should be the engine. Uh, these other two, RJ Barrett and Julius Randle, this is great game from Rick. But right. this is the role that you want them to play in. Yeah, exactly. With a double-double. And I don't think he fell in too much in love with the three. But let me ask you this real quick before we move on. R.J. Barrett, man, how long he been in the league? 
Uh, forty years. He should be playing better than this because they bring him in as the number one or number two. I can't remember, but anyway, the way it's going and everything, you would just think you would get more out of him by now. I mean, he's used to the game. He's done played the big. He's in Madison Square Garden. He's used to the lights already. You know, he know what what the New York Knicks uh, carry as a franchise, as a team, as a as a, as a culture, and, and and it just seemed like he just still kind of playing subpar. They hadn't said anything about trading or nothing, but you know, he he, he should be averaging in. The twenties, man. Yeah, but as a third option, that's hard to expect. Yeah. That's just being realistic. It's hard to expect to have three people averaging twenty points on one team. Mm. But he is giving you eighteen point six. It's just the consistency part of it, right? Where it's the can you do it on efficient scoring? You're shooting forty two from the field, which is not bad at all. But it's just you want to see. And he's having a good year. I got eighteen point six two three assists, um, thirty nine from three. So he's not even shooting bad. It's just sometimes he disappears. It's like you won't notice him in the game and things like that. And that's what you don't want from somebody you drafted so high. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that as well. Okay, the next thing we got coming up, man, a pretty entertaining game. We got the Heat and the Pacers, man. The Heat right now is 11-8 and eight on, on the season. And, and we do know it's a situation when you think about the Miami Heat, I always say it, man, and I continue to say it, is they're a blue-collar team, okay? They're a blue-collar team. Now, on this night, the Heat beat the Pacers 142-132. to 132. Here's the thing. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton had 44 points, okay, in a loss. But then you take in, so that kind of lets me know off the gate. And Jimmy Butler had a magnificent night with a double-double with 36 points and 10 rips. But listen, it seemed to me, because the Pacers, if Halliburton ain't popping, then they're not winning. Oh, no. Halliburton's playing is arguably one of the best point guards in the league. Uh, but they're just still a, a young team trying to figure it out. Like we talked about the Miles Turner situation. Um, now, he's somebody who you expected a lot more from. Mm-hmm. Um, coming into this year and things like that. Buddy Hill hasn't been able to put up great numbers. He ain't been the same since he left Sacramento. Yeah, it's just where else are they getting consistent production from? Like, to this game, Obi Toppin gave them 25, but I don't think he's averaging anywhere. Yeah, he's only averaging 12 on the season. Right. But that just shows it's inconsistent from everybody else. Tyrese is, like I said, probably best point guard play this year. Overall, mm-hmm. just of what he's been able to do, um, he's averaging yeah twenty seven and twelve assists this year, which is crazy. Those are crazy <laughs> numbers, but it's not. But they're sitting at nine and eight, just because he they don't have a lot around him on that team. I understand. What do you feel about the bench play for the Miami Heat, man? Jaquez Jr. gave him 24 off the bench. Richardson, 19 off the bench. And C. Martin, 14. Man, Esposter got him, got him balling so hard, uh, their ankles might be just a little so. They might not be hurting right now, but they're putting on ice at the end of the game. That's just the type of team they are. Uh, these They have these type of guys throughout their roster who can go off on any given night. That's around a Jimmy Butler and who who's – they try to have have good nights every night. He doesn't. But that's just how they built their team as Jimmy as the head of the snake and then just everybody else who is comp- – they compliment him so well. And like you said, they're blue-collar. They're willing to put in that extra effort for theirs to get their points and things like that. I got you. So, let me ask you this. Do you feel at this point in time that Miami is flying a little bit under the radar? Because they did make it to the, the to the NBA championship game and series uh, last season. They lost against the Denver Nuggets, but they was there. Yeah. Um, and that's just – that's the type of team they are. That's the type of team they are, and I think they like flying under the radar. They like coming in as that nobody's paying us attention, nobody's thinking too much of us. Um, but I think they just want to get there because they know if they get to the playoffs, nobody – I don't feel like they think anybody's just beating them in seven games. Like, they think they can compete with anybody in a seven-game series. Right. And as a team, they've shown that they can. They have a great leader in Jimmy Butler. And they have everybody who's bought into that heat coach that just makes them that much better. 
Right, absolutely. The only thing that's not flying on the radar is Jimmy Butler's hair, but we'll say that for another day. <laughs> Listen, check this out, baby. Uh, Hornets win. One more time. Hornets win. Highly entertaining game. Terry Time was in the fourth quarter with the winning shot. Okay. LaMelo Ball did not play. He's nursing an ankle injury. Going to be reevaluated soon. But what do you think? 129-128, Hornets win. I'm going to let you roll with it. Tell me what you think. Uh, tell me what you saw. Uh, tell me what you, what you, what's on your mind. Uh, Brandon Miller didn't play. Um, Bryce, Bryce McGowan's got the start. Decent start from him. 14 points, 5 for 7. Four Is for Brandon Miller on rest already? No, he sprained his ankle as well. Yeah, but he played the game before, though. Yeah, I don't know if it was in that game yeah. where the little ankle sprain happened, but they got him listed as a left ankle sprain. Okay. But, um, yeah, so this is what surprises me with this game. Terry Rozier's 37 is great. It's his 13 assists that just caught me off guard. Distribution. I didn't expect to see that from him, which is a great sign with LaMelo being down. And also it's just a great sign because, like I said, I'm keep – Hammering this nail, uh, we should trade him. Why he's hot? We should trade him. I think this is Terry. Keep balling like this while the mellow out. Keep doing your thing and upping that trade stock. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and we had another. We had a good game from Gordon Hayward. Twenty-two on eight for fourteen, six and six. Another person. Keep upping that great. Keep upping that trade stock. I love to see it. Um, <laughs> but let me ask you this, man. Uh, because I don't, I ain't, I'm just not getting it. Okay, uh, PJ Washington came off the bench apparently and only gave him ten points. But he, I mean, he played for 33 minutes. But I'm just saying he had as much minutes as uh, pretty much as the starter. So how how you feel about that? Do you think he okay with coming off the bench? I think it's just he. I don't think he's a slow. He can't come off the bench because he's a slow starter. So sitting around. And getting waiting, cold, waiting to get into the game and things like that. I think looking for the bike. It doesn't suit him well. I think he needs to get into the action early, start running up and down, then sit down for like. I think he needs that because, like you said, he got the he got the thirty three minutes. He just couldn't make shots. Two for eleven, two for nine. Luckily, he was going to the free throw line a, a little bit to get to that ten points. But um, like I just, I think that's the only thing it is because. There's no other explanation from how he started this season as a starter to how he's playing now. Right. So here's the thing about it, man. You know, first of all, it's a dream to play in the NBA. Absolute dream. There's not that many people to do it, and it's, it's, it's great if you can. But the thing about it is you want to start and be a starter. And if you're on the bench and you're on that second unit, you want to be on the first unit. Now, all this kind of – even especially with LaMelo out – I would just expect P.J. to be in the starting lineup. But then it's like they're not really force-feeding Miles Bridges because he is having produ- poor production when he get on the floor. But I-, I think a chemistry, even though they did win this game by one point, you're going to have to think about chemistry and morale. And I don't think he's hurting the chemistry at all. I just think the – I think Steve Clifford is so bent on keeping Gordon Hayward in this starting lineup. And I don't even think – I think it's even at the cost of what your team needs. At the time, yeah, he's a decent rebounder, but I don't think moving Miles to the three and sliding PJ at that four, we, I think we gain some rebounding, and I don't think we lose that offensive production that Gordon may or may not give us because he's iffy from game to game anyway. So I just and that's what it comes to Steve Clifford. He's one of those Frank Reichs, just stuck in his ways, not being able to see what's going on in front of him and adjust to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. So, like I said, I'm just happy that they won, you know, and it, it just kind of it felt good, man. It was an exciting game. They kept it interesting, and so I just want them to keep rolling. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they're going to take and continue to uh, uh, develop over the season. I just, I just do not want it to be a season lost. You feel me? Okay, let's go to this next game right quick. Uh, we got those T-Wolves against the Jazz, man. The T-Wolves beat the Jazz this night 101-90. to So, look, when you think about these T-Wolves and everything, you have uh, K-Towns, 32, with a double-double, 11 rips, all right? Then you had Alexander Walker with 12. Hey, they, they, they seem to be uh, pretty good at 14-4. and four. Oh, yeah, number one team in the West, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And this is without Anthony Edwards, who is one of the top three guards in the league. So they're they've got it figured out. They figured out something. Um and they like you said, their chemistry is off the wall. They enjoy playing with each other and it's so important. And it's showing on the court. Um and I think just the taste of keep getting to the playoffs, not being able to take it out of the first round, things like that. I think they're hungry. Um the where to go bear trade last year was supposed to be a big difference maker. It really didn't. Uh so now I think I think now it's just them really trying to put it all together and make a run at this thing. They like I said, they got Anthony Edwards. Uh Call of Duty Towns is still somebody you have to respect down there as a center or at the forward position and Rudy Gobert is still one of the better blocking rim protecting centers in the league. So they have a lot of things going for them. Uh it's just gonna be can they keep it up for a full season? And without Anthony Edwards, it's good to see this from Nikhil Alexander Walker. Uh, things like this. So it's good like this to see things early on in the season. So, yeah. so do you think? With that being said, do you think? What about let's let's switch to the Jazz for a second. Do you? What about the love loss, man? Because first of all, Sexton is still coming off the bench. He gave him fourteen this night. Okay. Uh, ever since uh, Donovan Mitchell left that team. Quinn Snyder left the team. Now, see, that's the confusing part about it because I do know that we touched on this before. We was kind of thinking that Donovan Mitchell and Quinn Snyder wasn't getting together or getting along really that much. Then they taken, they traded away Donovan Mitchell and everything, thought Quinn Snyder would stay. Or then we thought that they was going to trade away Quinn Snyder and then Donovan Mitchell would stay. Now neither one of them is on the team, and now they're struggling at 6-13. and 13. Uh, I think the thing with Donovan was more of after the Rudy Gobert trade, it was where's this team going? What's this team trying to do? Y'all, now y'all have given away our best chance at winning. So that pushed him out the door because he wants to compete on a team that's trying to win. Uh, the Quinn Snyder thing, I think I, I just don't have don't know what to think about what's going on with Quinn Snyder. Now they're just at a point of they've dug themselves a hole and now they're trying to climb out of it. And that's something hard to do when the, everybody around you is bettering themselves as well. Right, yeah, I got you. You know what happened, so we're here to talk about it. Uh, listen, I, 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 you know, I really gonna have to take. I need to get into your mind on this one. I need to get into your mind on this one. Thunder one thirty three. You don't already said how you feel about OKC uh, against them Los Angeles Lakers. They lost this one. Thunder one thirty three. Lakers one ten. Take it away. Uh, we just don't have. It. We don't have the roster to get it done with some of these better teams. Um, if you look at it, their whole starting lineup was in double figures. They had ISO Joe, Isaiah Joe gave him 10 off the bench. Casey Wallace gave him 10 off the bench. Um, then you look at it, Anthony Davis had one of his better games with 31 and 14. LeBron did LeBron James with 21, 6 and 12. D'Angelo Russell has been one of our more consistent players this year, gave him a 16 and 10. But then you look at it, nobody else gave us anything. Right. Other than Austin Reeves, who gave us 14. It's just, it, it's not coming together the way we thought. It, it, the players that we brought in to make shots aren't making shots, and it's hurting the team. It's hurting bad, and I think something's going to have to change because Anthony Davis and LeBron is not going to be able to just do it by themselves. Right. Even if I know we're having on Anthony Davis needs to be consistent, but he showed. Even, I ain't even on Anthony Davis. Even I'm not even like this. Yeah, I ain't even on AD no more. Not right now. I will be next game. Like, but, we gotta, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta figure out who's gonna be those go-to options other than LeBron and Anthony Davis, and we don't have anybody. Yeah, because when I look at this man, uh, first of all, I think they're kind of living under a, a little bit of a, a dazed type cloud type situation in the head because they have a winning record. They're at 11 and 9. But listen, I'm just going to call it like I said. Ever since Magic Johnson left and the front office and administration hadn't been able to get it together, it's like they just can't put a roster together. They've been sitting here recycling players. They've been trying to take it, uh, uh, throwing darts on the wall, trying to make it stick. And like I said, when I just look down the roster and everything, I just I don't really see no points. You know, you know, Max Christie, he was a two-way, and they finally signed him to a roster, right? And then, and Austin Reeves, he ain't been Austin Reeves since the beginning of the season and everything. He's a FIBA player. Okay? <laughs> okay. Christian Woods, who? You know, he, he's he taking, he playing probably worse than he did when he was with Houston. And you said a little about, uh, uh, what, about Hood? Shafino? Yeah, he's you, not a rookie. You, he's like, he, uh, you was maybe, I don't know, he might have an excuse, uh, but I'm not giving nobody an excuse right now. 
But Prince, man, the only thing he do is shoot threes. He got six points, and, I, and I'm not sure, but those might have been two threes. I don't know, because I ain't seen him down in the paint yet. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's all he does is shoot threes. But um, that's the thing. When Cam Reddish went down, uh, and he was, like I said, he was a big key to what we were doing early, his pressure on ball and his ability to knock down shots. Um, he was he was pivotal to what we was doing early to where it looked like it was about to come together. And as far as the roster moves, um, the only thing I didn't agree with early on was the Russell Westbrook situation. But then I, I feel like it was coming together at the trade deadline last year. Like we, I think we did a lot of things right, getting people in as far as that Ruchi Hachimura trade, um, getting Vando and those guys uh, who aren't playing right. Neither one of those guys played this game. Vando's been out all season. Uh, we haven't seen – and then going into this season, uh, going, to, going into this season, I thought we also did some great things. It just hasn't turned out that way. Um, like Christian Wood was supposed to be a space uh, – floor spacing threat. He hasn't been able to shoot the ball. He's not producing that on the boards. He's really not helping – um, then we bring in Gabe Vincent, who's been he hasn't been able to hit you know on the floor because of injuries. Um, Cam Reddish, who we took that chance on, who probably has played the best out of those acquisitions in the offseason, goes down with an injury. Tyron Prince hasn't found his jump shot, so it's just I'm not writing them off yet, but we Vando's a big piece of this team, so not having him right now changes a lot what we can do defensively because if we would have had him and Cam with what Cam was doing early on in the season our defense would probably be top tier it, it'd be one of the best better defenses in the league just because of what we could do as far as pressure and then have AD floating around the rim protecting the rim mm-hmm. uh, and the, whole, the only thing is it's hard to think shots are going to start falling and that's the biggest problem with us right now so that once you figure that out if they can ever figure it out it's it's what we're going to be looking at, it's right? really what we're looking at. Yeah. And it's been that same situation for the past couple years. Yeah. Well, I know that the next game, uh, the Lakers play uh, the, the the Houston Rockets, and I think Bronny, I think uh, LeBron is going to miss that game because uh, Bronny is getting started at, at USC. So I don't, I definitely don't expect to win that game. But if they do pull it out, he gonna, uh, Darvin Ham is going to have to go deep into the bag, and somebody's going to have to have a super good night. You know yeah. what I mean? Because he already said, hey, I'm going to watch my son play. So, that might be another L that's going to bring him closer to 500. But they stand afloat right now, so we're going to see what they do. Uh, listen, how about this game that went into overtime, okay? This game right here went into overtime. You took and you had <laughs> the not-so-good Chicago Bulls played the Milwaukee Bucks, man. And Chicago won that game, 120-113. Talk to me. Uh, just one of them any given night type things. Uh, Vucevic gave him 29. Uh, Kobe White gave him 20. So it, it was really just one of those any given night type of moments. Mm. Uh, Zach, they had no Zach Levine or DeRozan. You don't expect to lose this game. Um, and the Bucks really didn't play bad. They just uh, ran into some t- a team that was hot. Uh, Chris Middleton played 30 minutes, only gave you nine points, but his and that's that thing with that minute restriction thing. When you start adding on to that, it's hard for me to believe his legs and things like that are in basketball shape. And you're a shooter, you know how important having your legs up under you are. Um, Dame had 18 and 13, so they didn't have a bad game other than Dame shooting one for six for three. Um, yeah, Giannis gave him twenty six and everything. Twenty six and fourteen. Yeah, he gave him the, the usual double double. Uh, so I mean, I, yeah, I think I think that 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 Chris Middleton is a is an intricate part of that team that you really going to have to figure out because if you don't get uh, persistent play from him, it's going to be hard to win uh, win games, man, on a regular basis because your your big two is what I want to call it or two and a half. Uh, it's going to be hard if you know to expect them to put a forty forty a piece every night. But see, this is a, I'm thinking they they just want him to get into that fifteen to eighteen range. Right. So if you know you get two halves, they can't have a big three. It'd be him and Brooke. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that's how they're is not a big full. That's we wouldn't consider it a big full. 
but them two combined is gonna equal their big three. And that's gotcha. what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. They're just waiting for Chris Middleton to get back to being himself. Or seeing if he can even get back to being his all star caliber self. Right. Um but again, it's just a bad night. Eight of these players on the Bulls had double digits. Right. You don't expect to win a game eight players. It's just hard, especially with Vucevic giving you 29. Like I said, Cody Wright, you don't expect to go off for 23. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those games. Um, they ran into some guys who were fired up, man. Especially, like, I mean, and even, you know, you remember Caruso, he used to play for him and everything, you know, and he's a starter. So, I mean, he gave him 11, but like you say, it was a hot 11. <laughs> yeah, he had a buzzer beater and extended two overtime. Right, so so he was he was playing with a, with, with passion and a reason. And no, he's that type of guy that no matter what, he's gonna go out there and play with his heart on his sleeve. So right, and I think having him on the court fired up the rest of those guys. You know, Kobe White's a Carolina guy. Yeah, um, he hasn't had he hasn't had the best transition to the NBA. It's been rocky dealing with injuries. Uh, you know, he was coming off behind Lonzo. You finally probably seen it as his chance to go out there and show them, like, y'all got somebody sitting on the bench who can ball. So, right. It was, like I said, it was probably just one of those games, a combination of things, and it blew up on the, it blew up on the books. Yeah, I got you. Okay, listen, we on Wimby Watch. <laughs> hey, this actually was another highly entertaining game, man. It was taking uh, the San Antonio Spurs played the um, Atlanta Hawks. Now, the Atlanta Hawks won 137-135. to Highly entertaining game, high scoring game, very close game. And uh, with that being said, uh, it was a situation where, uh, of course, Wimby gave you his Wambiama. He gave his double double uh, with 20, uh, 21 points and, and 12 rebounds, man. Uh, listen, I know that the Spurs are not going to win a lot this season, okay? And I'm going to say it again. I am on Wimby watch, but they are making these games interesting and highly entertaining. And I also think there's a situation where he, uh, uh, Wimby might be getting a little bit of welcome to the NBA. Yeah, you, he got to understand, coming into every game, he's circled on every scout report. He is the main focus on every scouting point will be for the rest of his career. So it's, he has to understand that um, it's going to be tougher for you to get yours off every night. You have to find better ways to get your team involved. We we know what you can do. I think we're seeing you're going to be right around that 20 to 12, 13 rebounds a guy. That's what you are. Right now, coming into the league, that's what you're giving us going forward. That's what we're going to expect from you. So if you can stay around that and become a better passer of the ball out of like double teams in the post um your your height should allow you to make some of those cross court passes seeing over defenses things like that making it to the uh, opposite wing opposite corner you should be able to make those type passes more once you get that vision and uh comfortable level comfort level with the speed of the NBA and things like that, the physicality and things like that. But you're in a he's in a great position and the fact that they are competing in most of these games shows that they have a great foundation right now. It's just gonna be some more of rounding it out and figuring out what the actual unit is. What, right. What's the best unit on the floor for them. I get it. Now listen, guess what? I guess who I saw? Who'd you see? Ice Trey. Yeah, he had a game. <laughs> Man, he had 45 points with 14 assists. Ice Trey played this night. Trey Young, he 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 must have been at the house watching. I, Ice Trey was on the court, man. Tell me about this performance, baby. It's one to remember. Yeah, he did he did what um they need him to do, which is take most of the shots, take majority of the shots, as well as get the team in basically do everything on offense. Yeah. Um, but what did help was that DeJounte Murray, 24 points. Right. Which is what I said last episode that they expect from him as the second guy. Like, he's legit supposed to be that second guy on this team. Um, so when he shows up like this, it, it helps. You just expect them to win this game by more than two when they do have these type of performances by them. But Sochan had 33. Kelton Johnson had 22. Victor had 20. Vassell had 25. So it was more on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm noticing a lot of, a lot now. People are trying to just outscore people. They're not really trying to play defense. They're just trying to outscore. And that's not a product I really want to see. Yeah, I understand. It's like an all-star game every night. 
But yeah, I can understand that completely, man. But like I say, we're going to continue to watch uh, Wimby uh, do the things that he do. And it's fun to watch, man, when these top players, such as uh, Trey Young, uh, uh, get a get a uh, you know a game like this right here, man. 45 points, man, it, it's it, it's not done very often. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that, that was great. Uh, what about this one right here? Uh, the Warriors, they snuck off with one against the Clippers. Was that, well, should be playing better, but we'll get to the Clippers in a second. The Warriors beat the Clippers 120 to 114. Uh, the Warriors are still below 500 at 9 and 10. Uh, it looks like Clay's getting back. I won't say back to himself, but looking more like himself. I think this is back to back 20 point games for him. Um, and this is a good win for them because they did it without Wiggs, who, like I said, is their second best option as far as offense. I want to say second best option, period, on that team. Because now I think he's a better perimeter defender than Clay Thompson, things like that. But um, it's a good win for them. Great song for Moses Moody, just being efficient with the shots you get. Jonathan Kaminga punched in 17 off the bench. Uh, Steph gave them the regular 26 points, eight, I mean, eight assists. Seven boards from him. Um, just we know who they are, especially the the main stay guys. We know who Steph, Clay, Drake. We know who these guys are. Uh, you even had a thirteen point performance with a, two threes from Draymond. Right. So we know what they are. It's just uh, like I said, the rest of the league is catching up. It's not the same as Steph just your shoot and puts y'all so far of everybody else. It's not the same as that anymore because it's more complete teams out there now. To where you having one or two stars is not going to get the job done anymore. Right, and I and I see that consistently. Like as we go over these games, and, and, and I do see that uh, it's not it's not two and done now. You really going to have to bring a group team effort together, and you really going to have to put a nice roster together, have somewhat of a decent bench to make any kind of run in the playoffs. But it's the Warriors' fault. They they exposed the blueprint early on. That led to their three-run, you know, that that run, it was all grass home fit. It was all bring them in, develop them. That's what the better teams have done, the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, the um, Orlando Magic this year, uh, the Denver Nuggets, Sacramento Kings. All these guys took what y'all did and is benefiting them. Yeah, they took that. They took those bumps up into now, but now you see the OKC Thunders, all these guys have just stockpiled draft picks, did the right things, signed the right players in free agency, didn't go out trying to make the big splash in the trade market every year. They kept that continuity year in and year out and built on it. So now this is the product that you see. It came from those picking in the lotteries year in and year out. Same thing as the Golden State Warriors. Right. It's y'all's fault. <laughs> they took, they put the blueprint out there, but then they didn't lock the safe. <laughs> and we see it now, man. We see it, and I, I do believe, I do believe it's a situation where uh, the Warriors and the Clippers play back to back. We'll see what happens with that. And then the Hornets, they taking they, uh, they play the T Wolves uh, as well. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that works and see if they can come off uh, a back to back wins with that and how that works. Okay, so how about this one right here? You taking this. Was a nice little high scoring game. Why is all these games in the hundreds? 110, 130, 135. I don't know. Like you said, there's more offense than defense. But listen, now you're talking about them red, smoking hot Orlando Magics, baby. On like a 10 game win streak, bro. All right, well, tonight they took and they beat uh, a not so good Washington Wizards team, but they did win, and the streak is impressive. Uh, Orlando Magic, 130, the district, 125. Talk to me. We know what these two teams are. It's not really too much to say. Um, the Wizards pull experiment is not working out. He, he's, not a, he's, he's not somebody you can build your team around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a great addition to a team if the team is already established. Uh, it's just not looking good for them. And like we said about the Magic, they just put it all together and now it's a well-oiled machine. They got some pieces down there, and they're balling. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, how impressed are you, man? Just how impressed are you with 
the, the, the Orlando Magic, man. I mean, you got Pichero, 28, Wagner uh, with 31, Shrugs with 15, the other Wagner with 18. They say they love playing with each other. You take, you got a 10-game a win streak or so. Uh, they say we here. We love it, – it's taking – and even the coach, he said keep grinding. It, this is – you used to look at this and be like, Orlando Magic, oh, that's a win? Not, 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 I mean that's a that's a win against the other team saying yeah. that's a win, but not anymore. Magic come to play. That's a uh, they're this year Sacramento Kings. Okay, they're finally taking that leap of yeah, y'all have some pretty good players on your team, right? And now it's just all coming together. The only thing with them is the turnaround is so quick. It's it's quicker than what the Kings did. It took the Kings a couple years with De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis and them boys to. To put it all together and make it to the playoffs and do things like, well, they were third seed last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The the Magic are doing it with a year of Paolo. They missed the playoffs last year. Um, Paolo went to the USA team. Both of the Wagners played for that Germany team. They played against each other in the championship. So it, they they're a benefit of just striking gold. Like they right. really struck gold with these players that they picked up. And then, like I said, they're doing it right as far as who, whoever's down there coaching figured it out early that they have a bunch of great guards. So why not use all of them? Right, exactly. I love when the plan coming together, man. I just don't see the streak happening no time soon. They may get one or two losses there, but listen, the Lando Magic are here. Yeah, I think and that's, that's for real. Yeah, I think it, they're serious. Yeah, they're, they're, they're something to be talked about in the East. Yeah, okay. I think they're a serious team. Just right. Like I said, they're a young team who can run up and down, fresh legs, and they're. They're deeper. They're deeper than most teams. Right. I love it, baby. I love it. So, all right. So the next one we're going to come to, and I really, I need your, your little thought process process on this one is uh, between the the Grizz and uh, the the Dallas Mavericks. Now we still know it's still a little bit of wait before John Morant makes his return. We we do know that. Okay. Cool. Now, we, we, but when you look at it, the Grizzlies they won this without Morant. Against Dallas, 108 to 94. Now, when I look at this now, I had to take like, you know, check my glasses and see because Kyrie only had 10. And I think that uh Luca was a DNP. Yeah, this 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 is the 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 fear of Dallas Magic fans. Um Your boy are, Lively only had four. Are we still a team that without Luca we're nothing? And you wouldn't expect that with Having a Kyrie on your team, exactly. That's my point. But um, yeah, three for fifteen, zero for five. It was a bad night, but yeah, it's just a bad night, and it's not an excuse at all. Because mm-hmm. you 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 can't have these nights when Luke is out, right? Like these is the the last nights you expect him to go out there and shoot three for fifteen, zero for five from three. Um. Is it time to put Seth Curry in the lineup, starting lineup? He he gave him twelve off the bench with sixteen minutes. Is it time to go ahead and kind of screw him up to the lineup, at least up the depth chart, to man, you know, to about seven or eight? Right now, I guess he's at that. Yeah, I guess he's at that eighth man off the bench spot. Yeah, uh, it's just because I see what they're starting on. If I see what they try to do with Kyrie, you don't want Kyrie and Seth in there. Because mm-hmm. then it becomes a defensive liability thing. Right. So they went with Kyrie and Josh Green, uh, Derek Jones Jr., and Grant Williams. It's just, first off, like we said, you don't expect Kyrie to have a 3 for 15, 0 for 5 man. Right. That's already putting you guys behind the eight ball. Then, um, they, I know they've expected more from Grant Williams. When they signed him, I know they expected a lot more from him. He, I, it doesn't seem to me like he's been able to be that three-point threat that they needed. Mm-hmm. He's shooting 42.2 a game, but I don't think it's on a lot of – you know, I don't think it's on a lot of shots. I right. he's taking a lot or making a lot of timely shots. Um, it's like when Luka's gone and things like that, these are the players that have to step up. So it's just scary to think that this is even a possibility for you guys. Um, but I wouldn't think too much of it. But that's cool then. You know, like I said, everybody's entitled to have a bad night and everything. It's just it like like it, it's kind of like they're kind of like writing the recipe or kind of like writing these little footnotes. If Luca is out and Kyrie is having a bad night, 
then you can probably take care of the Mavericks, and they need to be careful with that. But they okay right now sitting at 11 and 7. Listen, how about this right here? Because this is always playoff implications. So every time they meet, every single time this season, we're definitely going to talk about it. But the Celtics played the 76ers, and the Celtics are still smoking red hot as well at 15 and 4, and they beat they beat the 76ers. I mean, yeah, this night, uh, Celtics 125, 76ers 119. Now, when I look at it and everything, it looked like Embiid might have been a DNP. Okay, and it looked like Matt, Tyrese Maxey might have been a DNP, but uh, your boy uh, Patrick Beverly got off with 26, so nobody else must have been on the floor. Yeah, uh, yeah, Maxey was gone, Batum was gone, uh, MB was out. Yeah, it was just they run out there thin, and um, but it, they they six point loss without three of your key guys, and I'm assuming Batum is they keep putting out reports that they are trying to. Uh, find more ways to get him involved in their game. And so you, I you guess he's one of their key guys. Right. You can definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but they went out and only lost by six against one of the better, arguably the best team in the league right now. Uh, so that's something to be proud about. That's something to hang your hat on. Because you got to think if you had your guys, y'all not losing a six point game. Right. So, um, and then it's just looking at the Celtics. This is what we keep talking about with them having four guys score twenty. And then an additional three guys in double digits is is recipes to get wins. Right, it's recipes to get wins no matter who is on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, take, I guess Horford must have had his three pointer going, man, yeah. because he had twenty that night. Yeah, absolutely. How, how about your boy Holiday? I know you big on Holiday. Uh, the thirteen. That's what I say. He's not there to score. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to su- succeed in a role like that. Mm-hmm. Because giving you 13 amongst all 20, you know, if I'm the only one who didn't score 20 and I gave you 13, I'm cool with that. Absolutely, absolutely. And we had seven other players to hit the floor th- uh, scoring double digits. Uh, that's like you said, we will win turn on. <laughs> yeah, and I love it so much. All right, this is the final one we're going to talk about when it comes to the NBA and everything. Uh, you had the Denver Nuggets, okay? The Denver Nuggets uh, played the Phoenix Sun. Denver Nuggets won this game 119-111. to 111. When you look at it and everything, you take it. Michael Porter Jr. gave you 19. You know, Jokic, he gave you 21. He didn't give a double-double that night. He only had five rebounds. But, yeah, he did. He yeah, gave you 16, 16 assists. That means he can do it in more ways than one. Okay? Jackson gave you 20. So, uh, when you how, you how you think about that? Because Kevin Durant, of course, he took, he gave you 30. Nurture gave you 31. But they came up short just a little bit. I think they're doing this on purpose. I'm not, not trying to give away I what they, they need at the end of the they season. Don't want people to let, they don't want too many people to see uh, KD and Booker together, right? Because it's no re- y'all just keep going back and forth with who's playing and who's not, mm-hmm. and y'all they wanted this season, don't they? Yeah, they they I, and that's the only thing I can take from the Suns at this point in stage. Yeah, because there's no way that y'all gonna tell me he just played the back to backs like the other days ago facing double teams, <laughs> had ten assists, buzzer beaters, all that, and he sits out this game for what? Right. Exactly, so, and that 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 um resting rule that they put out about superstars resting it don't seem to be having no effect on the league. No, and I don't know if they get a, a penalty or get penalized and everything monetarily or whatever, but that ain't working. They resting who they knew on the rest, and they put in who they want to put in, baby. They, they, they <laughs> was gonna find a way around it, right? Exactly. Okay, it works. Hey, I hope y'all enjoyed that and everything. You know we're going to be right back. And when we come right back, guess what we're going to be dealing with? We're going to be dealing with that college football championship weekend, baby. And then guess what else? We got Seattle and Dallas in week 13 in the NFL game and preview. And don't forget about that Double D award. You know how much you love it because it's on the way. Come back. <laughs> 